This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Now, have you ever been in an epic relationship with epic love and epic compatibility, only to struggle with the experience that your sex life just wasn't connecting? Now, before you get all down about it and start breaking up with your lover because you believe this means that you're not fated for one another, let's see what could actually be going on here. Now, this episode is for all the lovers who've been on this exploration of who they are as sexual beings and wanting to unlock their highest potential for pleasure and seeking to harness the power of passion with their lover. I've got the ultra sexy and smart Jaya here to drop some hot knowledge for us. But before we get to Jaya, lovers, you're the reason I do this show. And I want to thank you for tuning in, for spreading the word, and leaving your sweet reviews and trying some of the suggestions that we recommend on here. I've been getting amazing feedback from the products that you love and I use myself because my goal is to get you to eat, play, and sex better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Ugh. Now, kittens, I don't think you understand the magnitude of this episode. Jaya is my Woman Crush Wednesday for many reasons, and I know you'll see why. Not only is she super sexy and intelligent, but she's an internationally recognized award-winning sexologist and best-selling author of Red Hot Touch. Jai is also the creator of the erotic blueprint breakthrough and the breakthrough quiz, which you can take on her site right now or after the show. Through two decades of client observation and clinical research, she's discovered a map of arousal that reveals your specific erotic language of arousal to create that deeper connection and sexual satisfaction that I know you've all been looking for. Ah, now, Jaya, I'm literally drooling over here. I might waterlog my mic. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it is my great, great pleasure to be here. And I love that we've already started with a little bit of wetness. Oh, like, always, you know, every day. Mouthwatering is a sign of arousal after all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on, uh, we're on that level now. <laughs> now, I've gotten introduced to your work by our mutual friend and colleague, Dr. Ava Cadell who this was years ago, but she and her elegant Hungarian voice told me, you must meet Jaya. You'll absolutely love her and adore her. And she's absolutely right. Since I've seen all of your work, I just, I follow you everywhere. You don't realize it? And Ava's amazing. And I just thank you so much for having this conversation and for the work that you're doing in the world. I think it's so important that we are 
really in conversation and community around sexuality. And this is just, it's just powerful. It's powerful that we have our voices and the getting them out there. So thank you very much for doing the show and, and having me on. Oh, thank you. And I think you're absolutely right. It's it, more and more people are talking about sexuality. I think they're empowering themselves to realize it's an important topic to discuss mm. that mm. we deserve to have the exact sex life that we desire. Absolutely. It's something that uh, I ask audiences all over the world, where did you get your sex education? What kind of sex education did you get? did you get a great sex education? And the majority of people said, don't raise their hand. And they say, we didn't get any sex education. And my argument is you did get a sex education. It just wasn't a positive one. Don't, Mm. you know, don't talk about it is one of the messages we get. Don't flaunt it. Don't show your sexuality. Don't express yourself. You're broken. You're wrong. You're not normal. You're not enough. You're too much. All of these negative messages that we get around sexuality, did teach us something. And so part of my mission and work is to unravel all of that to really give you a comprehensive sex education that is based in the truth of who you are as an erotic being and then help set that free. Oh my God, that's so beautifully said. And I would wonder in your years, because you've been doing this quite a while and working with clients, what have you discovered to be some of the top reasons that, that people struggle with connecting in sex? When it comes to sexual connection, I think that one of the major, I really look at four areas. One is the emotional area. Is there trauma in the history? What's happening emotionally with the relationship itself? Do you feel safe? So we're really looking at that piece of the connection. Then we're looking biochemically. Is there something happening with hormones that can really have an effect on, or, you know, you're just burnt out. You have adrenal fatigue Mm. that can really affect libido, sexuality, you know, where we overachieve oftentimes and we forget about pleasure in our life. We have a motto of pleasure first. And we forget to prioritize pleasure or see value in putting pleasure first. So everything that we do, I actually was just thinking, I'm like, hmm, maybe we should just do a little bit of dropping in a little bit of pleasure first for your listeners. Would you like? Oh my God. Yes. It just got asked if, if Jaya wants to practice pleasure with me. <laughs> this, is, this is so exciting. Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you for asking for my consent though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's another piece of our core brand value is consent is the foundation and always pleasure first. So I like that. So please teach me your ways. Yeah. So one thing is that every single person is different. So I could give you something that might bring pleasure to my body, but it doesn't mean that it's the same thing is going to work in your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the big mistakes with a lot of the sexual techniques out there. And we're going to talk about the blueprints today, but What I want you to do right now is just close your eyes and I just want you to tune in and be aware right now of what you notice in your body, what's happening with your breath, what's happening in your genital area, what are the sensations, what do you notice? Just let yourself drop in and give yourself permission first just to be in your body and then Give yourself permission to feel pleasure. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What would make this moment even more pleasurable? And I'm going to throw out a couple of things. Would breathing more deeply make this moment even more pleasurable? 
would moving, maybe it's moving your body in big circles or stretching, make this moment even more pleasurable? Would placing a hand on your genitals and gently rocking make this moment even more pleasurable? Would massaging your shoulders? What would make this moment even more pleasurable? I want you to become a pleasure seeker and just really tune in. What would make this moment even more pleasurable? And let yourself do it. Let go of your jaw. Notice if there's any tension creeping into your body and notice, ask yourself if that's good tension. Is that erotic tension? Is that good tension? Or is that bad tension? And that's actually decreasing the pleasure that I feel in my body. And see if you can just let go 10%, 20%. Letting your jaw go. Letting your shoulders go. <sighs> Maybe it's little sounds or little sighs. Hmm. Good. And now bring your awareness back to your body and just notice what's different from that teeny little bit of tuning in and asking yourself what would make this more pleasurable. Just notice. Mm -hmm. So what do you notice that's different just from dropping in just a little bit? Mm, my gosh. So I can't stop touching myself, first of all. <laughs> like as soon as your voice, because your voice is ultra sexy too. So I just like drop my head back and just start rolling into just mm, yum. Yeah. <laughs> yum is the only word I can really yum. describe. Yum. <laughs> and so this is, this is, you know, part of one, this affects biochemistry, this can affect emotional, but this really affects all of those areas. When we talk about creating deeper connection, one is first to connect with yourself. And this ties into another one of those four elements. I talked about the emotional, the biochemical, but there's also the physical, the body tension, muscular tension, scar tissue in the body. There's a lot of different things that can weigh in, but the fourth category is energetics what's happening just energetically in the body system, energetically between you and another person? Is there irresistible magnetic attraction or is there something that's short-circuiting the connection that you are having and putting out to create? So I gave you guys a ton right there. Um, so <laughs> right there's like a, a novel, but just Everybody's the, furiously jotting down notes. <laughs> yes. I think the point here is just to, we have to look at a whole picture. Mm -hmm. It's not like epic connection gets created out of one thing or the, the breakdown is one thing. It really is a holistic model and a mm -hmm. whole picture of our sexuality. And I think that's something that sets this work apart. Oh, absolutely. And that's what the show is all about. Eat, play and sex to talk about how nutrition impacts our body. You mentioned about the adrenals and our hormone production and how we're digesting things, you know, how we feel in the body it really impacts our ability. You know, if we can't be in the body because it's so uncomfortable or so bloated or all these, you know, struggles with functioning, then we don't want to be in there to be able to connect with another person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a really important piece that we look at. Is it safe to be in my own body? Mm. And a lot of us get the message that it's not safe. You know, there's, there's just so many things or is it safe to feel pleasure? Mm -hmm. And 
that safety as a foundation for connection is also just, it's a key element. Uh Uh-huh. And you brought up pleasure a couple of times that this, you know, in our society, how we view pleasure and a lot of us can say, you know, I I can't feel this. This It's selfish to seek something that I desire (laughs) for somebody else. Or we make decisions based on avoidance of criticism or punishment or pain instead of, oh, I just want to do this because it feels good. Uh, (laughs) I just want to do this because it feels good, but there's also, there's so many benefits to pleasure in our lives. If we're, think about this, if you're out there rocking the world, do you manifest better when you're resourced or do you manifest better when you're unresourced? If you have a lot lot of gas for your Ferrari, does it run better? And so it's like, you want to put really good fuel in. And to me, pleasure is fuel for life. That's Mm. like really good. What I just said, I want to say it again. (laughs) Pleasure is fuel for life. And so when we are, and, and not only that, it's healthful. So there's a lot of research that people who have regular orgasm or who are in pleasure or turn on and have that energy, our, our sex hormones are our youth hormones. It helps us with longevity. It helps our immune system. In men, pleasure is very important. There's all kinds of research on prostate health, and they say that that orgasms three times a week help prevent death. I don't know how they did that study because, <laughs> like, okay, these people had orgasms, they die, they didn't die. These people had orgasms, they, you know, though they didn't have <laughs> orgasms, they died. Like, I don't know how they did that study, but um, so there are just it is very pleasure is very beneficial. There is a biological reason we wouldn't as a species have pleasure if there wasn't a reason and a value and a benefit. I mean, it down-regulates our nervous systems. Mm. We can co-regulate with another human being. And when we are co-regulated, we actually take more risks in the world. So we go out there and succeed in a different way because we have been down-regulated and co-regulated through sexuality. So there is a lot of benefit in pleasure, sex, orgasms, that helps us to live our lives in a more epic and better way. Oh, I love that. And, and, you know, we're talking about connection within the self, this pleasure within the self. And then when we bring this into connecting with another person, a, a lot of one question that I get asked by a lot of people is the, this question about sexual chemistry and what mm-hmm. is that actually? And is it natural or if it's not there, can it be something that's made? And what mm-hmm. do you think from your perspective? Yeah, I think there's there's two kind of things to talk about here. There's sexual chemistry and there's sexual compatibility, which mm. to me are very, very different. So let me speak on sexual chemistry. So sexual chemistry can be bio, actually biochemical. I'm going to get a little sex geeky here. It turns me on when we get sex geeky. Oh. Uh, so, so when it comes to biochemistry, there's a lot to take into account. There's cranial nerve zero, which a lot of people don't know about. They added it later, which is why it's called cranial nerve zero. And it picks up pheromones. What that does is when those pheromones go into the brain, it's reading the immune system of the other person and seeing, would you be a biochemical match for creating healthier babies? That's what it's doing. So then we're attracted to someone because we'd make good babies with them. Mm -hmm. Like that is like a primal, you know, animal procreative functioning that's going on there. Mm -hmm. They actually did a a study as like a t-shirt test where they had women on birth control. They could not smell the pheromones to see which mate would be a good match biochemically. 
So it's just interesting how little things like that can affect the chemistry between people. So there's the biochemistry, there's the bioemotional, I'm going to go back to those four areas, right? There's energetics, there's chemistry, there's emotional, and there's the physical. And we can have all of that when we're looking at chemistry and attraction. What creates to me irresistible magnetic attraction is when we have those four elements. But then we also have a little other element. And I want you to think about every romance movie that has like epic love in it. It has this formula. Mm -hmm. And this formula is mystery plus obstacle creates really hot attraction. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to add another one, mystery, obstacle, and novelty or naughtiness, mm-hmm. I call it passion trifecta. Oh, and so we have, when we have, think about, let's, let's do the twilight movies. I'm a, I'm a twilight fan. Oh, me too. Well, embarrassed that I'm a twilight fan. No, it's okay. One of my fantasies is to be a vampire sucking out on somebody's neck and drawing out all of their life force energy into my I just think vampires are hot. So <laughs> <laughs> I am so turned on by all of the vamp- the whole vampire thing. So, but what's so hot about it? Are vampires mysterious? If we look at that, mm. yes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. There's so much mystery and intrigue. It's like an enigma. The thing in that series is that he cannot read Bella's mind. So now she's mysterious. Like he can read other people's minds, but can't read hers. So now there's this mystery between the two of them. Obstacle. They come from two different worlds. Her blood could be sucked and her life could be taken at any moment going into his world. He can't, you know, her world is also dangerous. So there's this obstacle. There's many different obstacles that they, if they face. So mystery and obstacle, then they have novelty It's all new, but also naughtiness. They break the rules and they're together anyway. Mm. We can see this in Romeo and Juliet. We can see this, you know, we, I look at movies now when I watch movies, I'm like, there's the passion trifecta. Again. We can see this in some of my past relationships. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so you get hot attraction also doesn't always mean great relationships. No. <laughs> this is the thing. We can have this really hot attraction. Romeo and Juliet didn't end so well. So <laughs> we can also have this hot attraction, but when we consciously cultivate and I think what happens in long-term relationships is the mystery is gone. We live together. Or we get ready to get in front of each other. Or we sleep with our, you know, baggy sweats, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like all that stuff kind of starts to go away. There's no obstacle because now you have each other. So what about novelty? Oh no, that starts to go out the door. You eat at the same restaurants every week and you forget to be naughty. And so when we consciously cultivate this back into a relationship, we start to create more chemistry with one another on the emotional and the physical levels can, can really, really help. So that's, those are my kind of two cents on chemistry. Should I go into compatibility? Are we ready for that one? Yes. Yes. Let's do this. Okay. So I think that sexual compatibility is somewhat of a myth. Now, yes, there is the biochemical element that I talked about in chemistry, but when I'm talking about compatibility, I want to point to this idea that, oh, we're just sexually incompatible, so we can't be together. And I Mm -hmm. think that this is really false thinking because we haven't learned about sexuality in the way that, and when I go into the blueprints, this will make more sense. But just think of it like languages. If you speak Spanish and I speak English and 
I love you and you love me, do we say we're incompatible as human beings? We can't be together. Or do we say, wait a minute, let me just learn your erotic. Let me just learn your language. Not Spanish isn't erotic yet. Mm -hmm. It can't be. Um, so <laughs> let me just learn your, your language. You learn English. I learn Spanish. And now we can be together. It's I, not about compatibility. It's about the fact that the majority of us speak different languages mm -hmm. and no one ever taught you, one, that the languages exist, or two, how to speak other erotic languages in the world. Oh, that's so true. I actually have a friend who, she's American and he's French, and they literally didn't know the same language, but they met in France, had an epic love affair, and continued and they learned each other's language. So now they've been married for years and have a family, oh. but that is exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So this concept of, of incompatibility doesn't exist. And how do we help ourselves to be able to understand what the language is of the other person? I think it starts with willingness so one, it, where it could become incompatible is if you have a partner who's unwilling to learn your language. Yes. Comes right. Down to, so, do I want this? Do I want do, to do the work? Do want, yeah. Do I want to learn my partner's language? And does my partner want to learn my language? Then we're compatible. Then we, it's not a compatibility issue. You know, it, it, so it, I just want to kind of say that that willingness has to be there mm -hmm. and and I'm forgetting your question, but you asked me a question. But I went, I went willingness. Went question. So get a Rosetta Stone for erotic intelligence. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when we're discovering this compatibility or, or that it's not so much about the compatibility, but it's learning about one another, how do mm -hmm. we move through that? Yeah. So we, I want to start with the blueprints. You've got to learn what is your blueprint, your erotic blueprint, and that's a map of your eroticism. And what is your partner's erotic blueprint, mm. their map of eroticism, what turns them on? And everyone has a different map. So there are five erotic blueprints. I can go into those now. Would now be a good time to. Yeah. Yes. Let's do this. Briefly, I'll give a very like cliff notes version of them. Cause I know we have so much to talk about. So <laughs> Always. Very, very exciting. all day. So, um, <laughs> there are five of them. If for those of you who love taking notes, I am a, I love structure. I love taking notes. So there are five. If you want to write those down on your, in your notebook, <laughs> um, I know you're going to want to take notes on this. And I, as you're listening to it, I want you just to listen for what's me, like what sounds like me or what sounds like my partner. And, and, and because this is going to give you a clue into that, but you can also go take the quiz. It's eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash, I believe, Dr. Cat. Let yes. me just mm -hmm. make sure I'm Dr. saying Cat? it right. It's Dr. Cat. Okay, great. Yep. Meow. So, so, meow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can go there and the quiz will actually give you percentages. So it'll tell you what percentage you are of each one of these blueprints. Now the quiz is from the mental perspective. There's also a way to get the results through your body. It's a game plays that you can do to get it from a somatic perspective, not just from the mental perspective, which helps mm. you get a clearer picture of your map. Mm. So go take the quiz and, and also listen as you're listening, just what are the body responses you start to have? I think the body tells the truth. The body doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. And body intelligence. Can, yep. We can get a lot more information from what our body is saying to us than sometimes what our mind is saying to us. So that said, we'll start. So the first one is energetic. 
And energetics are turned on by anticipation, space, and tease. Their superpowers are that they can have orgasms without even being touched. They could have orgasms from a memory. They could have orgasms from the wind blowing the right way on their body. They have hypersensitivity. I had a client, he learned how to play with energetics. It was one of his things that he came to me to learn to do. And he sent me a text that said, I just gave her nine orgasms and six were before I even got to her panties. So <laughs> this oh my God, what's his like number? Jedi knight skills, right? <laughs> <laughs> of, of playing erotically. So, oh. and, and because they have hypersensitivity there, they have an incredible ability to be empathic. So they can kind of feel and know what's going on with mm-hmm. someone else very easily. Yeah, that's me. That's you. Yeah, I'm I'm high energetic as well. When I, I forget, I think I'm like 26% energetic out of Wow. That. Yeah, I've taken your quiz a couple of times or more than a couple of times. <laughs> it's fun to take again and again and grow. You know, that's one thing. I, I go back and take my own quiz just as I go <laughs> to see how it's changed. <laughs> Today on um, a Thursday, I am a king. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so the energetic shadow part is that they, because they are so hypersensitive, they can short circuit very quickly. So if someone goes for your clitoris too quick, too much, too fast, and they're like pounding out on it, it it just like short circuits you. And you're like, where did all my turn on go? Mm -hmm. It's because all the turn on is actually in the anticipation and in the slowness. Energetics can also get a little hierarchical, like we're cooler than everybody else and more enlightened than everybody else. So (laughs) you get a little snooty snotty, like... Oh, you're eating that, you know, um, no, I don't your do that. Chakras, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, like we can get a little, little hierarchical and I definitely have, have been there and done that. <laughs> you mean you don't have an orgasm across the United States with your lover? What? Exactly. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what age are you in? <laughs> exactly. Um, Okay. So then the the next one is the sensual and the sensual is turned on by all of their senses being ignited. It's funny when I start talking about the blueprints, I kind of go into energetic. You guys can't see me, but then as soon as I started talking about sensual, I started rubbing my legs. (sighs) So like sensuals, they like to be all up in the grill, right? It's like, give me more closeness. I want body to body contact. I want oil. I want contouring touch. So their superpowers, when they're in their body, they can have orgasms that are non-genital. So like sucking on your big toe or licking at the back of your knee can just be like so orgasmic and so exquisite. And of course, once we get into the genital area, they can have deep, deep, full-bodied orgasmic experiences. So the sensual, and they bring beauty. I mean, it's one of the superpowers is they bring beauty to an erotic experience. They bring the candles and the smells and the, the just the yum. They are the yum. Mm. If mm. any of the blueprints are yummy, it is sensual. It's just full <laughs> of delicious yumminess. So sensual shadow is getting stuck in your head. Oh. You have a heart time actually getting into your body, which is where you're more resourced. And so the thoughts would be something like, you know, there's socks on the floor, the bed isn't made, the like things aren't right. So I can't, I can't, oh no, what about how it's smelling down there? And he's been down there for a really long time going Mm. to town. I hope his neck's okay. You know, I hope I'm okay. You know, like all this is happening in your head instead of really enjoying the erotic experience that's happening between your legs. So, and you not like mess, you know, there's, some, there's a couple other, this is a very deep system. So there's more to each one of these. I'm, I'm very much giving you guys the cliff notes. So that's, that's the sensual. This is just the foreplay. If you want to continue yes. on. 
<laughs> yes, this is this is very much foreplay. The next one is the sexual, and the sexual is they are the ones who are what we think of in culture as sexuality. So the sexual is turned on by orgasms, penetration, nudity, the erotic, like what we think of as the erotic. I think the erotic is also energetic and sensual and all these other things, but I think we have a limited definition in our culture around what sexuality is and what sex looks like. So this is our cultural norm, especially for masculine, for the, for men, male-bodied humans. We tend to think of them as this is what they are, simple. And I want to break this myth because we've had many different genders take our blueprint quiz. And there are many sensual men, many energetic men, many men who are are across the board of these blueprints. It -hmm. just happens that a lot of disconnection happens between like energetics and sexuals. So we see a lot of that pairing, not, oh, I am high sexual. So my highest blueprint up until the beginning of this year was always sexual for 10 years. Oh, wow. So so I am a female bodied human, but I'm a sexual. I like it simple. I want to get mm-hmm. to it. I would literally look at my partner and go, chop, chop, come on, get it up. Because <laughs> um, I just want to get to the penetration. So I just don't, don't want to do any of the other part. <laughs> Jen is such a sweetheart. She's so <laughs> encouraging <laughs> of her partner. <laughs> come on, let's get to it. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I would touch his cock in the car and he would look at me like, what are you doing, woman? I'm trying to drive the car. And I would just be like, what is wrong with you? You're a man. Like, you're, you know, like I had all this kind of myth mythology in early on, you know, in our relationship around, around, well, you're a man. Why? Like I'm offering you, I had offered him 90 days of oral sex. And he was like, no, I was like, you don't want to do 90 days of oral sex. What is wrong with you? (laughs) And and it's because it wasn't feeding his blueprint whatsoever. Like if anything, it was making him feel not happy. He was not in a happy place with it all. Wow. And so, you know, here I'm thinking like, what is wrong with me? I'm trying striptease class and he wasn't going, but he was like, you don't need to do that. That's so obvious. He, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of these sexual blueprinted things, right. Thinking that I'm going to turn on my man and it was doing the opposite. He was, he was not getting erections. Like he, he was not interested. It was a really painful time because I'm the sex guru, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've written, all, I've written hundreds of books with sex techniques in them. I know them all. I can give a blowjob, you know, to kingdom come. That's <laughs> amazing. And I can't get my guy to even want it. So big, I mean, it was a big pain point between us and which his is such a human, human experience for all of our, a lot of our listeners. It's like, I, I know all these techniques. I know what to do and why isn't this working? And we build up so much shame around that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I felt a lot of, I was crying myself to sleep at night, just in total shame, feeling I'm not even congruent with my own work and mm-hmm. I can't get anybody to want me. Like I was just really struggling and he was struggling. He'd come to bed at night and he'd cuddle with me mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, I guess we're sleeping again tonight. Cause cuddling to me, wasn't registering as an initiation of any kind of sexual anything, mm-hmm. but his blueprint that he was initiating from was sensual. Mm, wow. So here's this sensual and he's also one of the next blueprints. So let me get back to the point. I'm t- telling all kinds of stories, but I know people relate, you know, mm-hmm. people really relate to that, that breakdown of, you know, we're trying to connect sexually, but we can't kind of get on. The, we're speaking different languages. We're not on the same page. And I know your pain. Like I know how pain painful that is and how you can go into like all kinds of stories of I'm not lovable or they don't want me or they don't desire me. 
And it wasn't that he wasn't attracted to me. It was just, we were on different planets erotically. So yeah, l- luckily we have blueprints and now that turned everything around. So, <laughs> um, so sexual, sexual superpowers is it's simple, you know, it's, it's zero to 60 in no time and game is on. So you have, have to just love sexuals and their simplicity and their playfulness and their joy of sex. And then on the shadow side, the shadow side is that we can be a little bit selfish. We can not understand any of the other blueprints because they are so foreign to us. We are like American English and everything else is like, what? You know, like there's even another language out there in the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and our definition of sex is very limited. We can miss out on the journey to, to, you know, in our focus of the end goal, we can miss out on the journey of where all the things that can take us that get us ecstatic and orgasmic. And we can be a little strong willed in that the sexuals are the most likely to be like, what, there's no problem in our sex life. What are you talking about? You're having orgasms. It's all good. You know, cause all good to them is there's an orgasm at the end. Ta-da. Ta-da. Um, as long as there's an erection, as long as there's an orgasm, we are all, we, we did it. We did it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the sexual. And then the next one is the kinky. The kinky is turned on by taboo. So it's anything that is taboo for you. There are two different types of kinky, the psychological, which is more about power play, power dynamic. And Mm -hmm. then there is, and fantasy, and then there is the sensation-based kinky. So this could be things like spanking, feeling the sensation of ropes or constriction. Um, Some people go into the elements of pain. So there are many, many, it doesn't always have to be pain. So I think a lot of people think kinky, they think pain. And I I just want to bust up that mythology as well, because kinky can be, I'm not touched, but somebody tells me to go stand in the corner and spread my legs. That can be kinky because there's a power dynamic. There's a gameplay to it that is someone's controlling your sexuality. That can be really, really super hot, of course, with consent. Mm -hmm. Um, So kinky superpowers, similar to an energetic, especially a psychological kinky, you can have orgasmic experience without needing to be touched. You can go into altered states of consciousness. They call it subspace. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that can happen in the kinky realm that is not the traditional, like the sexual orgasm that we think of with a lot of penetration and friction, we're going to get to an orgasm. No, it could be, it could be not even touching the person or just turning up some loud music and putting a, a blindfold on and, and psychologically playing with them that brings them to that place of high arousal and high orgasmic state. So the kinky, that taboo, that edge, that is where all the juice is. And then on the shadow side is deep shame because a lot of people who are kinky feel like they're broken, feel like something's wrong, something's weird. Actually, all the blueprints do if they don't fit in the sexual mold. Think of an energetic, like what? I'm broken because I short circuit or a sensual. I'm broken because I need all of this time and luxury and yumminess. You know, so there's this, this idea, I think, around sexuality that we're broken, that we're not normal. And I really hope in looking at the blueprints that you can start to see, I'm not broken. I'm just wired erotically differently than my partner, or I'm wired erotically differently than what the cultural norm says I should be. Mm-hmm. So the shame of a kinky is where their shadow is. And also the, they can get really fixated on a certain turn on and it can become their only route to pleasure. The final blueprint is the shapeshifter and the shapeshifter is turned on by all of this. 
They want more, 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 more. They have every blueprint very pronounced and developed in their bodies. And they're just getting going after like 10, 20 minutes, two hours, actually, they're just getting going. <laughs> more, 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 more. So shapeshifters love all sensation. They like to stack all the sensation together. They want hours and hours of play and their shadow and that they, that the orgasmic superpowers, they can have the different orgasmic superpowers of all of these. And I'm in awe of their capacity. I mean, the capacity for a shapeshifter to receive and enjoy and give pleasure is just epic. They're, they are masterful lovers in many senses because they can speak everybody's language. However, on the the flip side, because they can speak everybody's language and they're fluent in it, they may only speak one because their partner's only one. So if you're a sensual and you're with a shapeshifter, a shapeshifter may just move to speaking sensual all the time and be starving in their blueprint. They're often told they're too much, that they want too much. And so that's another place of starvation that they can go into is trying to shut themselves down because they've been told in their past somewhere that they're just too much. Mm-hmm. And the last two times, probably three times that I took your quiz, <laughs> I came up as a shapeshifter and it made so much sense to me because that was what I found myself doing. Because I'm so sensitive to my partners, I could shift that way. But then I was I was hitting the just the sexual piece all the time. And God, I'm very kinky and I'm very energetic and I've had, you know, full-on kundalini orgasms with just myself It's a, if it's just me. But mm-hmm. then, you know, bringing it into the past partnerships, it's, it's been like, Oh, I'm not doing this right. Or I can't like, why am I losing my, my juju here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and realizing it. And there was something that you said in the, in the quiz of like, like you said, the shadow of losing sight of yourself and what you need in that moment for because you pick up on the other person's need and to fit that. Yep. Yep. You're, so you're always shape-shifting to fit everybody else's needs and forgetting about your own. So mm-hmm. yeah, really important tool to l- really learn how to listen for what do I need here and, and really giving yourself permission to just receive for hours if you want to. <laughs> yes. That <laughs> <laughs> it, it is okay. It is more than okay. <laughs> Everybody yes. gets to benefit from that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what happens when, when couples just uh, figure out that they have two different blueprints? So two different blueprints, again, I want to go back to, it does not make you incompatible. Just think of it again, like languages and that you first, the first thing I say, there's four things that you need to do. Once you know your blueprint, first thing is to get fed when you're in starvation mode, it's really hard to learn someone else's language or to feed another partner. So like put your oxygen mask on first. So get fed learn how to speak the blueprints. So that's the next piece. The, the speaking is what is, what are the words, the body language, the energy, the, the vocal tone in order to really speak. And from speaking, you can make really, uh, Alison Armstrong has great asks. You can talk more effectively in making requests and suggestions because you're speaking to your partner's blueprint. Then the, the third one is healing and healing the shadow of the blueprint. So what are the shadow aspects that are showing up? We've, we've found that healing the shadow has become one of the more important pieces that once we heal the shadow, we can really move into the positive aspects of our blueprint even more and, and then do the final piece, which is expanding. And expanding means our blueprint limit actually shows us where we're limited, except for the shapeshifters. 
So <laughs> our blueprint shows us where we're limited and we can expand into new territory. And expanding means that you become fluent in a new language. And I often say, you know, you could either start with your secondary blueprint or you can start with your partner's blueprint to really become and gain fluency so that it becomes an embodied experience. And now you're wired to that blueprint. So Ian and I, if we looked at our scale, um, my partner, Ian, he, I was a sexual primarily, and he was a kinky primarily. My next blueprint, my, my secondary blueprint was energetic and his secondary blueprint is sensual. His, the next one on his list was energetic and then the, or no, shape shifter and then energetic. And his last one was sexual. My last one, I had zero kinky and he had zero sexual. So my primary blueprint is sexual. His primary blueprint is kinky and our, both of our zeros are each other's. <laughs> and that was our blueprint map for a really long time. And so what we had to do was learn, well, I, I learned how to speak kinky. Luckily I got a, a publishing contract that I was writing a book about kink. And that was where we started uncovering a lot of how deeply kinky he was and feeding him. And then he, his kinky helped him reclaim his sexual. So his sexual has come way up. My kinky has come way up, but sensual was also very low on mine too. And now I'm primarily sensual, sensual is my highest sensual energetic now. And that has happened because I've been reclaiming and healing and expanding into, I like really focused. First I focused on kinky because that was his, and I really wanted to feed that. And then I focused on reclaiming sensual. And that has been actually the more vulnerable place for me to really reclaim. It took me also reclaiming femininity and a lot of surrender Mm. and just a lot of healing in, in expanding into that blueprint. So for those of you who are like, okay, what's my next step? It's feeding, speaking, healing, and expanding. Those four things are vital when it comes to, if you guys have differing blueprints and how to start to reconcile that. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. And I love that because it's very actionable. It gives people this, you don't have to be in the situation that you are. There is poten- There is infinite potential if you mm-hmm. get curious about yourself and about your partner and about what could be. Right. And I think there's also this idea that, oh, if we have the same blueprints, everything would be good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it's like polarity. You know, we need, we need light and dark. We need active and passive. We need need giver, receiver. We need, you know, we need this. It actually, that's part of what creates that irresistible magnetic attraction is having opposites attract. You know, when we have that, if we're all the same, it doesn't, that's why we were attracted in the first place. That's why I think so many people have different blueprints, why energetics are attracted to sexuals, why shapeshifters are attracted to somebody with one very, very high blueprint, you know? Mm. Because we do see people who have like 80% of one blueprint and not a lot of the other ones. And like that is, that is out there. But a lot of people just have like two or three that sit in the 20, 30 percentage rate and then have a few that are very low. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then how would, so when these couples are, are working through this or learning this language, what would be some tips for somebody to learn to communicate what their sexual needs are, especially given this, their particular blueprint or the, the difference between the two? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I see is the challenge is a lot of people don't even know what their needs are. Yeah. So the, the first step is just to really uncover and we, we just give people a lot of different games. We call them sex labs. Yay! So we do a lot of labs, a lot of games. 
to just help you uncover, well, that feels good. You know, this is what I like. And, and getting even to that place to where you're open enough to, to pleasure, the pleasure first exercises. Those are just some things that I, I highly recommend. And then there's the communication about it. This is the trickier part, because especially if you have a sexual partner, whether they're in a female body, male body, somewhere in between that, that blueprint tends to get more, um, triggered when there's something wrong in the sex life or something brought up. Right. So that is, it's also knowing your partner's blueprint and knowing how to speak to it. That is very, very helpful. So I'm not going to go to an energetic and say, Hey, Hey, I really need my cocks up tonight. Like that is not going to work <laughs> with an energetic. It would actually put pressure, turn them off. It's too, too, it's too much, too quick, too fast. And so it really is about learning what is my partner's erotic language and going to a sexual and saying stuff like, gosh, I, I would so badly want you to fuck me tonight. But, but what I'd love before that is could you tease me for at least 30 minutes before you, you even touch my genitals mm. and then games on. So like you're, you're speaking their language and then you're making an ask that is your blueprint, but you've got to do it in a way that they understand it because it is that different language. So the communication skill, it, and then there's the body language and there's the energy underneath it. So there's, we're speaking more with our body language than we are anything else. So I'll sometimes ask from different energy, you know, like a, like an energy of like kind of coy or right from my pussy energy. Like I'll, I'll, I'll make a request from that energy because that is something they're going to hear energetically. Whereas if I'm making the request out of the resentment and starvation, and this is why feeding is so mm. important and getting fed is so important. If I'm making the request out of starvation, even if I'm trying to like, I'm saying all the words, right. But it comes out with that little stab of resentment or that little stab of you haven't been doing this right for the last five years and blame or any of that energy, your partner will feel it. And then that's going to be a whole different conversation than if you're coming from an energy of play or coming from that energy of I'm already fed. This is just icing on my cake. It's mm. a very different conversation. Absolutely. It's kind of like this, this pooling energy versus open, expansive energy. And there's this permission to allow yourself to get curious about yourself or even to allow yourself to, to explore and figure out what it is, what those things are. Mm -hmm. Now, you were talking about the blueprints and how this is your you know, erotic makeup. And then I was reading articles and videos about this concept of sexual personas in mm -hmm. there. How is that? So fun. <laughs> you what? I said, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was checking out all of your sexy pictures of you in these, in these wigs. I was like, oh my God, we would be best friends if we lived in the same town. <laughs> so what is the difference between sexual personas? What is that? So a persona is actually one of the tools that I teach in order to expand into new territory. So when we're talking about, let's say, okay, so this is the, the persona that I just did. Her name is Puddles. Oh, yeah. She eats wet spots. And she was about reclaiming this, like really leading into more of my sexual blueprint. It wasn't so much that I needed to reclaim that, but the piece that I really needed to reclaim was delight. I am a very serious person. And so what? 
I realized no. that you know there was a time in my life when I shut the door on delight, on joy in my sexuality, on just reclaiming this total slutty, joyful, surrendered, delighted part. And so erotic personas are all about taking a piece of yourself that you disowned because it wasn't safe at the time or because it was taught to you that that part of you wasn't okay or acceptable or lovable. And we take that piece and we embrace it and we start to, it's a very intense process, but we start to look at what's blocked that piece. We clear that piece. Then we go deep into that piece and cultivating that piece and then creating an external persona that we name and play with and dress up. And, and Puddles is like, I never would dress like this. She's like fishnets and <laughs> totally has her butt hanging out like half the time, you know, a little like, like a raver girl, pink wigs, sparkles and glitter, you know, like so much fun. She is just so much fun and she can't, she wants playmates. And it was such an interesting experience to do the photo shoot, especially with her. And the photographer was really pushing me like really hard, which is great because she knew the psychology that I was playing with. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, she went to give me some glitter and I'd been puddles all day long through the shoot. And she's like, I really want to give puddles this glitter. And I lit up like a freaking Christmas tree <laughs> and it was such an embodied experience of like delight in my body. And she goes, wow, feeling you feel the glitter gift just makes me want to give you so much, like give you everything. And it was just <laughs> such an interesting experience to have that embodied experience of delight in my eroticism and delight in just receiving like some glitter. It was just amazing. So I have done that. Puddles is my seventh persona of reclaiming something. I've reclaimed wealth. <sighs> I have a persona named Lilinara. She's like dripped in gold. Um, I have wow. a persona that's reclaiming disgust. Um, she's an, like an ice queen, uh, a persona that is all about reclaiming fear. So like, like these pieces that we shove in a closet, it, it's, it's now reclaiming. And then what's really interesting is noticing how unconscious stuff starts to come to the surface that you've been doing because the personas have been acting out unconsciously and to notice who's in the driver's seat and let different personas drive in your eroticism. It's like, okay, tonight you get to pay. Everybody wants to play with puddles. I cannot tell you how <laughs> men have written to me like, oh my God, is this you? Like, can I play with puddles? Like everybody wants to play with puddles <laughs> because they just love her. Not very many people want to play with the ice queen, poor ice queen. Um, <laughs> but you know, when my partner is super kinky and he does like some humiliation or like pain play, I call on that part of myself and put her in the driver's seat so that I can do that. Cause me, Jaya like is not my turn on nor is like, I'm like, we need to cuddle after sessions like that, you know, like, <laughs> that's intense. And so yeah. I can call on a part of me and it's just, I love this work. It's I'm super, super into it right now. And then how it ties into the blueprints is you can take a blueprint that's undeveloped like kink for me. I developed an entire kinky Dom persona, the wicked kinky mistress who is about reclaiming power in the bedroom and reclaiming, um, me speaking exactly what I want and just being a bossy bitch. <laughs> and I love it, you know, like, like she's awesome. And my, she's my partner's favorite persona. I love that. Uh, are, now I can imagine a lot of listeners are, are hearing this and, and like, well, I don't even know how to even introduce that into a relationship or the bedroom. 
that the, we get shy around bringing these personas out. Do you have any tips for helping people introduce this? Yeah, I mean, first I'd say we in the in the course that we have on the personas, we actually teach first cultivate it on your own, like do play like in front of a mirror and, and do it in a very safe container. Maybe do it with a girlfriend who's going to be like, you know, playing with you. Like puddles has a playmate named Trixie is my best friend. So like play with somebody who's very safe. Like it doesn't have to be sexual play, but I mean like putting your persona out, I recommend S factor as a place to play with that a little bit. Mm. Um, Cause that's a really safe container with other women. You know, that can be another, like just start to think about, okay, well, what can I do to put my persona out into the world that feels safe? Maybe it's just wearing a new pair of sunglasses or or painting. Like I have my toenails painted. I have not had my toenails painted. I can't even tell you how many years I have pink and blue toenails right now. Oh my God. So cute. Like, you know, like puddle, the puddles is pink and blue. Like that's her thing. And so, but to bring that out of the world, I don't have to dress up completely like puddles, but I can have pink and blue toenails. Mm. So what are just little things? And then, um, and then the final piece and this is very delicate bringing this to your partner is that really vulnerable conversation of what do you need to feel safe? And that's mm-hmm. something we go deep, very deep into the, in the course, but it's like, what do you need in order to bring this part of you out to your partner or their part? What do they need to bring a part of them out that maybe they've never explored? One of Ian's, when he reclaimed sexual, his persona's name is Sly and he's just a taker. He's just like, you know, bend over, let me take some, you know, something sexually. Of course, with we play with consent. That's a big piece. But, but he just, I gave him permission to just come grab me anytime he wanted oh. and play with me. And that helped him reclaim and, and heal the shame around his own sexuality and the part of him that just wanted to just take. And to me to allow that was really deeply healing. So but you have to have that conversation of what do you need to feel safe to play with these personas? Like my other personas, some personas are not going to play with Sly because it's just too vulnerable for me, mm-hmm. but puddles all day long, <laughs> you know, like she and Sly are the best match in our, per, in our erotic personas. Mm. Um, and then there's other personas that like my ice queen and like chop their head off. So we don't play well, you know, like they just don't play well. And this is one thing that's interesting about compatibility because going back to that, because if you like me and Ian, we have our day-to-day personas, but we're unconscious about our other parts, right? As we bring them to consciousness, we have parts that play really well and parts that don't like each other. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that we're incompatible. It's just that there's these parts and those parts healing and bringing them to consciousness. We then understand how they act out unconsciously or how, how these pieces then can help us heal even deeper in our relationship, who plays really well in the bedroom, who plays really well outside the bedroom and calling on that part and calling on our adult part and, and being able to bring that in has been really, really helpful in having a much more conscious relationship. Oh, I love that. And what I hear under, under, as a common thread through all of this is this element of play, Mm -hmm. which I think helps us to be able to games. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It just helps (laughs) us to step into that. And you're saying games, these games. 
Mm-hmm. We do games, we do sex labs, we have practices and challenges. I think that that's one thing that's really important is that a lot of people do not prioritize or have practices in their sexuality. And that's something that we are really committed to. I'm very committed to, I've been doing a sex and beauty challenge all summer. You should see my spreadsheet for it. I do spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm a dork, but it's okay. And I, mark I go to lab and I do spreadsheets and I... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was saying I do labs and I do spreadsheets and I tell you statistics. <laughs> yeah. <love> it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my, even my supplement regimen is part of my sexuality. So, and then I work with eggs and like, I just have all this stuff for sex and beauty. I've been doing all summer long. That's just been really fun and I've mm. seen results. So oh, it's awesome. So amazing. So amazing. All of this, this is, there's just so much information here. I love how we hit the ground and we just ran with it. All you of this. <gasps> what I'm hoping is that this does inspire couples to begin to, and individuals to start realizing that what their sexual potential is, is, is infinite if they choose to step into that curiosity. Now, I wonder if you could give our listeners maybe three takeaways or a couple of takeaways that they can do right now to help Mm. themselves. Well, one thing I'd say is go take the quiz. That is one major takeaway action step is to go do that. And that's eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash Dr. Cat to go find out what your blueprint is. And that is the very first step because that's foundational to everything that you're going to do is just making sure that you have that fundamental piece. Mm -hmm. So number one is that the next thing is once you know what your blueprint is to feed, speak, heal, and expand the blueprint, that's the next takeaway. Um, this, this piece of prioritizing pleasure and self-experimenting or experimenting with a lover. So put it in your schedule, treat it like you would any other priority And do this in a container where intercourse isn't an option so that there's no pressure. You're just seeing what feels good, what doesn't. You may be surprised what you find in this kind of space of experimentation. And we had the sexy sex labs I talked about, the sex life challenges, just help you to consciously discover your turn-ons and is free from judgment and shame. And that's a really important piece. I think a lot of couples forget to be in discovery and curiosity and they get more into right and wrong. And Mm. I I have a statement that I say all the time, which is it's all just information. It's not that you're doing anything right or wrong. You haven't been taught the information. And when you're doing these discovery labs and experimentation, you are just getting information. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for this episode, Jaya. I am, uh, my whole body is buzzing with pleasure. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to thank you lovers again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe and connect with me. Grab my sexy guides because my goal is to help you to eat, play and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.